the person coming up to introduce uh, Commissioner has done so much for the city of Chicago. He's worked so hard um, with the ventures that he's been given, and he has not had an easy task. So you all know I don't read bios because you all can Google or look at our, go to our website or whatever and read them. Um, so I'm going to let you guys do that. But I think everybody in here pretty much knows him. I am now going to – oh, I forgot – Questions. If you have questions, please get them. There should be cards on the table as well as pens. If there are, if you have your question, just raise your hand and one of us will pick them up. One of our staff will get them and we will get them up and we will talk to the commissioner when she's done. If she happens to answer your question during her conversation, um, if I don't ask your question, don't be mad at me. Um, so now that I've asked that, I would like to now not belabor the time anymore, but to bring up one of the hardest working gentlemen in the city of Chicago, and that's Mr. Michael Fasna. Good afternoon. When Erin reached out and asked me to introduce her today, I always know, normally I only get asked to introduce anyone because I sponsor something. I pay for something, I give a donation. So I'm saying, okay, so anything for you, how much do I have to sponsor this introduction? He said, no, no, Michael, I really want you to do it. This is free for you. <laughs> and that really, I mean, Germans don't have too many emotions, but I almost cried. <laughs> so let's first uh, look at uh, Aaron's impressive resume. And always nice when you have to do research, you learn something. She holds two master's degrees in public art administration and urban planning from USC, and a bachelor's degree in marketing from Howard University. Uh, she came to us from the great city of Los Angeles, the second best city in the country, <laughs> where she managed uh, arts program at the Los Angeles County Arts Commission and the Arts Council uh, uh, for Long Beach. And then we were fortunate enough to bring her to our great city in 2016, and in DK, she really moved up the ranks. If you look at all the positions on project administrator, deputy commissioner for programming, first deputy commissioner, acting commissioner, and then Mayor Roy Lightfield had the brilliant idea to give her the job in November of 2021. Um, that's always the resume, but, but I think it's important always to know a few things about the person that you introduced. And I just would like to share three things that I learned about Erin over the last couple of years by, by working with her, being a friend and being a partner. First, she, Erin is a true passion advocate for arts and culture across all 77 neighborhoods. She's a leader who sees the whole city, every neighborhood, every block, every resident. And that's what we need in today's world. Thank you, Erin, for that passion for the whole city. Second, she's an innovator. If you look at the programs she has launched, either before or now as a commissioner, it's pretty breathtaking. Just allow me a few. Um, the first ever Poet Laureate, together with the Poetry Foundation just recently. Uh, many, many neighborhood grants that are really focusing on bringing all the neighborhoods in the center and celebrating storytellers that we have ignored for too long. And then one of my favorite, the Chicago Made Workforce Campaign to strengthen our TV and film industries and many more. She is a true innovator. The third one is that sometimes when you reflect and think about her, 
um, that people don't realize maybe at the first time. Um, Ellen is funny. <laughs> and she has a trait as well that people will not attribute to me. She's also humble. So to be funny and humble is, is a great thing because she listens every single day in her job to lots of opinions, a lot of perspective, a lot of thoughts every single day. But you never lose a sense of humor as well as her attitude of gratitude that she knows she plays a key role to influence all of us in our own humanity and makes our lives more interesting, insightful, and deeper. She never loses sight of that. I think that's why, even if people have thoughts and perspectives she might not agree with, she smiles and listens and to try to find a great solution. And it clearly helps as well, which I really appreciate about her. She does laugh about my jokes sometimes. <laughs> so thank you, Aaron. Thank you, Aaron, for who you are and for what you do for our city every single day. So please, let's give Aaron a big, warm welcome. settled up here. Uh, so thank you, Michael, for being here and introducing me. Um, the funny thing about uh, Michael and I is that, as you can imagine, we spend uh, most of our time attending various events, dedications, and programs celebrating the important work that's happening here in Chicago. And at these events, for uh, some reason, we frequently end up sitting next to each other, which is um, a horrible mistake. Uh, because we don't know how to act. For some reason, we revert to being uh, 12-year-olds whenever we're in the vicinity of one another, uh, to the point that my first deputy, Jen Johnson Washington, who is here, has said to me, look, don't make me have to come down there and separate you two. Um, I think Michael is one of the funniest people that I've ever met, uh, and it helps to have people that you not only admire, uh, whose judgment and counsel you value, but people that you also can share a laugh with because, you know, sometimes government work is, is hard. Uh, so thank you, Michael, for your partnership and your friendship. Um, I also want to, of course, acknowledge City Club Chair Jackie Robinson-Ivy, City Club CEO Dan Gibbons and his team. Thank you so much for having me here today and for working with us uh, these past couple of weeks to get prepared. We're very, very honored to be here. Um, I also want to thank and acknowledge so many dear friends in the room, too many to name. We'd be here all day, but you know who you are and you know how much I deeply, deeply love you. Thank you for making Chicago my home. I do want to acknowledge just a couple people by name, former D case commissioner and current executive director of the Poetry Foundation, Michelle Boone. <laughs> Michelle um, hired me and brought me to Chicago seven years ago. I also want to acknowledge my partner, uh, Commissioner Chris Brown, uh, who's one of my buddies and closest collaborators in government. And of course, my beloved uh, D-Case team. Uh, you all are the hardest working, most creative, most dedicated public servants out there. And it gives me such great pride to work alongside you and to lead you. Uh, thank you for all that you do for the city. Um, so it feels right to be uh, doing this presentation this week. Uh, as we transition into a new administration, it's an appropriate time to uh, reflect and celebrate all the progress that has been made and recommit to the work that's still ahead of us. 
One of the things that we did very early on in my tenure as commissioner is that we revised the DCASE mission statement uh, to reflect the agency that we are, but also the agency that we wanted to become. We also needed to work to communicate that the arts and artists were at work, working to build, strengthen, and celebrate our city. And we do this as a collaborative presenter, funder, and advocate in diverse communities downtown and throughout Chicago's 77 neighborhoods. Uh, this past year and a half, since I started as commissioner, DCASE has been uh, through a time of incredible growth for the department. Uh, a transformational influx of resources has allowed us to focus, focus on racial equity, growing access and participation in the arts citywide, uh, providing critical support to creatives and arts organizations, and rebuilding the department to meet the demands of the sector and to achieve our new mission. Uh, none of this would have been possible without the extraordinary leadership of Mayor Lori Lightfoot, who has been a tireless advocate for the creative sector, recognizing the important role that artists and cultural organizations play in Chicago's economy and bolstering quality of life in our city. Earlier this week, we had the opportunity to announce a total of $16.5 million in grants going to the cultural community, paving the way for 2023 to, be the, to have the largest direct investment that DCASE has made in arts organizations in its history. Um, to give you just a quick overview of what we've been up to, here is a brief video highlighting some of our accomplishments over the past year. Chicago's nonprofit art organizations are essential to the fabric of our city. Chicago's artists and creators bring us beauty, culture, and experiences that make us human. Together, nonprofits and creators make Chicago the vibrant and rich city that it is. During the pandemic, creative workers and institutions struggled as the arts community was particularly devastated by COVID-19 lockdowns and mitigations. We as audience members were disconnected from our beloved museums, live theater, music, and dance performances. Although the last four years saw their share of challenges, we have a lot to celebrate too. Because of our commitment to arts and culture, this sector of our city has made a huge comeback. And I want to thank all of you for joining the city of Chicago in our mission to strengthen and revitalize our communities through arts and culture. Thank you to the creative community. Under Mayor Lightfoot's leadership, we've made unprecedented investments in arts and culture. In 2022, a transformational $10 million boost in our cultural grants budget means we'll no longer rely solely on the hotel occupancy tax to fund the arts. And in 2023, we're making the largest investment in arts nonprofits in DCASE's history, $16.5 million. Our public art program is thriving, our TV and film industry continues to see record growth, and our beloved festivals and events are back, expanding into communities. DCASE is proud to support creatives and expand access to the arts throughout Chicago's 77 neighborhoods. This award means to me that somebody cares about what I'm doing. This award means relief. It means that I'm so grateful, that I'm, I'm appreciated, and that's pretty amazing. Opportunities like this 
provide artists with an opportunity to actually make the full work. I have the agency to create my best work the way I see fit. I appreciate it so much and so much freedom I receive by getting this award. It's from home. You know, when home lifts you up, it's different. When, when outer space lifts you up, you're like, oh, this is great, I'm flying. It's extraterrestrial. But when home grabs you down and says, let's root you, we're cheering for you. I mean, that is, that's life. Thank you, Chicago. Thank you, Chicago. Thank you, Chicago. So before we go any further, just a quick uh, temperature check on COVID-19. So uh, the cultural sector here in Chicago and across the state is a multi-billion dollar industry generating billions in economic activity and supporting thousands of jobs. Uh, But as the video mentioned and as we witnessed, the cultural sector was completely devastated by COVID-19. The challenges brought on by the pandemic laid bare and accelerated fundamental and real challenges in audience behavior that are having a profound and lasting impact on the sector. Uh, The performing arts community bears the brunt of this impact as organizations are still seeing some 30 to 50% losses in earned revenue through decreases in ticket sales. In April uh, 2021, DCASE actually launched its first pandemic response through Arts 77, which was a citywide arts recovery and reopening plan uh, with an initial investment of $60 million. It has increased uh, quite a bit since then. Uh, It signaled a new direction for Chicago's cultural policy in which the arts are embedded in initiatives and strategies across city government. Uh, The plan sought to expand access and participation in the arts citywide, prioritize the employment of creative workers through city programs and services, and deepen public sector investment in the creative sector through financial support and cultural policy. Also during this time, uh, community engagement began on We Will Chicago, uh, Chicago's first ever citywide plan, uh, drafted by neighborhood residents and community leaders. The 10-year framework aimed to enhance citywide equity and resiliency and includes approximately 40 goals and 150 objectives to improve Chicagoans' lives, especially individuals impacted by systemic inequities. Despite contributing value to all communities, access to the arts and culture is unevenly distributed throughout Chicago. While nearly 80% of Chicagoans believe that arts and culture improves neighborhood vitality, only half of residents believe arts and culture activities are available where they live. Financial support for arts and culture organizations in Chicago is also uneven, with organizations led by people of color receiving half the grant funding that majority white entities typically receive. Uh, the arts and culture's pillar goals in the We Will Chicago plan are intended to improve access to cultural arts opportunities citywide, help make Chicago a place where working artists and creative sector workers can earn a living and build successful careers, and to increase awareness and appreciation for the city's diverse cultural traditions, organizations, and artists. You'll see that there are continuous themes here, right, about increasing access, supporting creatives, deepening public sector investment to amplify and support uh, the creative sector. 
Um, for many years, uh, DCASE's uh, mission was as a large-scale event producer, uh, focused on activating downtown with legacy programs that celebrated the city's unique and unparalleled contributions to gospel, house, blues, and jazz music, and activating the city's crown jewel, Millennium Park. Um, these programs, some now in over uh, 40 years of existence, have helped to shape the cultural identity of the city, providing millions of dollars of direct support to individual artists and boosting cultural tourism revenues. But as we look to improve access to cultural opportunities citywide, it was clear that we needed to do more, including increasing opportunities for diverse cultural organizations and presenters to perform at Millennium Park. We also took the opportunity to reposition iconic events like the Taste of Chicago and the Chicago Blues Festival as citywide festivals, expanding into neighborhoods on the south and the west sides of the city as part of the Invest Southwest initiative, uh, partnering with local organizations, elected officials to engage local talent, support local businesses, and spur economic development. Uh, to increase access, we also strengthened our partnerships with the Chicago Park District and the Chicago Public Library through an initiative called Culture in My Neighborhood. Uh, this $40 million collaboration um, supports cultural programming at the Chicago Cultural Center, at Chicago Park District Neighborhood Cultural Centers, as well as Chicago Public Library regional branches. Through capital improvements that will upgrade cultural facilities and amenities uh, and provide grants and commission opportunities for artists and organizations to develop neighborhood programs. Another big, big, big strategic part of the work that we're doing is around developing meaningful employment opportunities for artists through city programs and services. Uh, when I started at DCASE almost seven years ago now, the budget for public art was about $300,000, um, which was largely dedicated to the conservation and maintenance of the existing collection. Uh, now, through money appropriated through the city's capital plan and through expanded partnerships with aviation, we're managing close to $20 million, uh, including a $3.5 million commission at O'Hare Airport, where we'll be supporting the development of 19 works, the largest single acquisition by works of Chicago artists in the last uh, 30 years. We're also putting artists to work in city departments, uh, working to achieve uh, the efficiency and effectiveness of government across the enterprise, including a new residency program with the Mayor's Office for People with Disabilities at its Central West Center. Uh, we commissioned a new exterior mural by uh, Sam Kirk and uh, artist Ariel Granados, who's a Chicago-based artist whose multimedia videos and performances portray her real lived experiences of, as a bicultural and disabled body. Ari is currently hosting several open studios and artists with disabilities meetups. Events take place Monday, monthly and will go through July uh, 2023 and will help inform future cultural programs for seniors and people with disabilities at the facility. Um, previously mentioned, uh, we also just announced this April, thank you again to the Poetry Foundation and to the, to the libraries for their partnership on this, uh, the appointment of Chicago's first ever Poet Laureate, Avery R. Young. We love Avery. 
So the Chicago Poet Laureate Program came from the advocacy of the city's creative and civic communities. Um, It aims to increase awareness of Chicago's historic contributions to the literary arts while celebrating and honoring the efforts of Chicago's working artists. Um, As Chicago Poet Laureate, uh, Young will receive a two-year term and be awarded $50,000 for the commissioning of new poems and to create public programming, including programs for youth and students. Uh, The Poet Laureate will serve as an ambassador uh, for the city's literary and creative communities. So our commitment uh, to Chicago's creative workers also comes through our investment in high-growth creative industries that can provide thousands of good-paying jobs. In uh, 2022, production expenditures across the state hit a record-breaking $691 million, uh, the vast majority of which comes from television and film productions happening here in Chicago, uh, like the critically acclaimed The Bear. Uh, Together with our partners at the Illinois Film Office and World Business Chicago, uh, we're leading a strategic process to continue to increase filming in the city, uh, building the necessary production infrastructure, supporting the growth of the nonprofit ecosystem of filmmakers and film festivals, and ensuring a pipeline from training to employment in the industry. But perhaps the most significant and impactful of all the work that DCASE has done in the past couple of years has been the transformational growth in our cultural grants program. In 2022, the department's baseline grant budget went from $1.2 million, which is incredibly small for the third largest city in the country, uh, to $12.7 million, thanks to a $10 million allocation from the city's corporate fund. Uh, These funds were historic, but also significant in that they now protect the department from the vagaries of the hotel occupancy tax, which had been our primary source of funding. We also received $20 million in funding from the American Rescue Plan Act to support arts recovery that we have distributed through the Together We Heal Creative Place program that positions arts and culture as a central tool for health and healing in communities uh, most impacted by COVID, and the Chicago Arts Recovery Program that was just announced earlier this week. Um, Additional recovery programs focused on arts education, direct cash assistance for creative workers who have lost or reduced employment because of the pandemic, a young adult arts, excuse me, a young adult arts employment program and an arts and public health training and residency program will also be announced later this summer. This is one of my favorite maps um, because it really demonstrates the progress and impact that we're having. Uh, The increase in funding allowed us to focus on building equity in our grant programs, ensuring that we were serving the full map, in particular those critical west and south side neighborhoods. The increase in funding was just the first step. We also had to do a couple of other things. Uh, One, we increased direct grassroots outreach in communities that had not received grants from us previously and assisted new organizations in completed applications. Two, recognizing that not all communities have what we call traditional arts and cultural infrastructure. There may not be a museum or a gallery or a theater we expanded the eligibility for some of our grant programs to include social service, community-based, and religious institutions that provided cultural services to the community. Uh, You can see from the map that the strategies are working. Now we're serving all 50 wards, and 25% of our grantees in 2022 were organizations that had never received a grant from DCASE before. 
Um, this is also a great graphic that shows the progress of expanding impact in our individual artist program. DCASE is one of the few um, governmental ent entities across the country that funds artists directly, which is incredibly, incredibly important. Uh, grants in this program range from 1,500 to 15,000, and artists can use these funds for various program and administrative expenses. Thanks to our increased outreach, we're also seeing a more, more diverse pool of applicants and artists receiving grants through this program. In 2022, 60% of IAP grantees identified as BIPOC compared to just 33% in 2019. Our last area of investment is in cultural tourism uh, through our partnership with Choose Chicago. Uh, in addition to the American Rescue Plan funding that we received to support the arts, DCASE also received an additional $20 million to support neighborhood and cultural tourism initiatives, including this campaign that we just launched a couple of weeks ago called Go Live Chicago, which aims to remind people of how special it is to experience culture live. Your remote can't give you an encore, and your couch can't give you a standing ovation. Um, and this last video that we want to show you um, just highlights upcoming DK summer programs, which will help to drive and support local artists and drive cultural tourism downtown and neighborhoods throughout the city. Uh, the full list of dates for these upcoming programs can be found on the DCASE website and at millenniumpark.org. summer. I'm looking forward to seeing all of you uh, in the park. Um, Chicago is a place like no other, and that's because creativity is a part of our DNA, from the Bean to the murals in Pilsen to the Blues in Bronzeville and the hundreds of music venues, theaters, and museums that anchor and facilitate a sense of community. Uh, Chicago doesn't work without the arts. Um, as we start to enjoy this warm weather and take advantage of all the free offerings downtown in our neighborhoods, I want to leave you all with a call to action. Go buy a ticket to a show. <laughs> and when we're done with that, buy another ticket to a show. Um, support the arts. Thank you very much. Am I staying up here? Yeah, you're staying up here. Okay. <laughs>
Excuse me, I was busy deciding what uh, events I was going to go to. <laughs> Thank you so much, Commissioner. Do you want some water to take a second? Yes, you can... I'll take a sip of water. <laughs> um, are there questions? I have a few, but I see one back there. Do you have it written down? Amanda will get it from you. Okay, she's going to go grab that one in the back. Thank you so much, Commissioner. Um, how fun, right? Yeah. We have the best 100 days in the summer, don't we? <laughs> Who would want to be? That's why real Chicagoans, we don't vacation. There's one back there, Amanda. Um, that's why we don't vacation in the summer, because we're like, we want to be here, right? Um, so uh, we have creatives all over the place in Chicago. I don't know how you get around us. We're everywhere. And I guess we're creatives at levels. And thank you for compartmentalizing us all and putting us together. That means so much. So thank you. Okay, I've not read any of these questions, so here we go. <laughs> I do try to at least read them beforehand, but when I get them cold like this, okay. So Commissioner, right. I cannot be held responsible okay. for something. Centron, am I saying that right? Yeah. Wow, I get points for that. Uh, <laughs> I'm going cold here. It says, in what ways do you envision arts education fueling Chicago's creative economy? Ooh, were you just in my head? <laughs> Must have been. There you go. Okay. Um, well, I think... Step over. Oh, okay. Cool. I use mic. <laughs> um, so I think arts education is one of those things where... Uh, we have, as an agency, there's a lot of growth, I think, that we can uh, meet communities at. Like, there's a lot of um, work to be done, uh, I think, in that space. And we've talked a little bit about it. We've had lots of conversations about it. And I'm, I think, particularly excited about uh, this new administration, right, and their uh, background in education and what that might mean in terms of uh, new investments and new thinking around arts education. Uh, it's a complicated, you know, landscape. We also have, you know, obviously what's happening in CPS, and we want to make sure that every student has access to high-quality arts education. Uh, we also have, um, you know, support for our teaching artists, right, that we need to ensure, right, have uh, quality wages and access to benefits and all of those things that um, are so critically important. We also have a large network of charter schools, right, that we start need to start um, building some standards and support for. Uh, in addition to that, we need to make sure that the out-of-school time resources for our young people are also very strong so that they're having, you know, productive and meaningful experiences outside of school. And then I think there's also um, kind of pipeline issues, right, where we uh, want to be able to connect those young people who are creative and are interested in creative careers to opportunities. So there's a lot there. Um, I'm anticipating, you know, DCASE historically hasn't played a very big role in cultural policy around arts education, but I think that's something that can change and should change. Um, and I think, you know, we've even been talking about um, growing that um, muscle within the department by hiring specific arts education efforts that can work with Ingenuity, can work with CPS to start to do uh, some of that work that's going to need to happen at the local level and also at the state level. Um, so I'm incredibly excited. I think that's going to definitely be um, a focal point for us in the next year. Did that answer the question? Okay. So at first I was like, well, you don't have any questions. You can kind of take your time answering them. That's not true anymore. Okay. So where's your staff? There you are. Stand up, you all. 
I like to acknowledge the people who do the real, not that you don't do the real, but there's a few more, okay. I know what it's like to be staff and to do the work, right? And work really hard, and sometimes folk don't know who you are. So she acknowledged them, but I just wanted to make sure you got to see them. Jeffrey Grubbert, where are you? Um, welcome. And uh, your question is, to what do you attribute the increase since 2016 from services in 2023 to 50 wards rather than only the 35 wards in 2016? Um, we, we did the work to figure out how to get to 50 wards. So um, one of the things that we have increased is our access to data. Right, um, and so we had a partnership with SMU Data Arts that allowed us to basically identify all of the organizations in the city of Chicago based on uh, tax information that are theoretically eligible for DK's programs but have not applied. So we had a map, right? Uh, so we could go into those communities and make direct strategic outreach. Our CAC, our, one of our CHC uh, co-chairs, like Anthony Johnson is here, was totally instrumental in kind of making those connections. So it was a grassroots effort. But we also had to help those folks get across the line, right? So we did extra professional development and technical assistance training just to make sure that they knew how to fill out an application and were successful. And then the last part is the thing that I mentioned, which is expanded eligibility criteria, um, which is something that I encourage all funders in the arts to consider. Um, not every community has an arts organization, but culture happens everywhere. Um, and there are social service organizations, community-based organizations. We know churches, right, have lots of culture happening, right? Um, and so expanding that eligibility criteria also allowed us to get grants into communities that may be sort of absent of what one would say is a traditional arts organization. So those were two things that, that happened. So this person is kind of lucky that it's Friday because I normally don't ask questions when it's blank. I guess you didn't want us to know who you were. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> you do know that I will try to find out who you are. <laughs> but it's a good question. Um, what will the DK's budget look like when the federal recovery funds end? Mm -hmm. That's a good question. It is a good question. <laughs> <laughs> So here's the good thing. So the $10 million that we got from the corporate fund, that's permanent, right? That is a new baseline for us, right? Um, but the recovery investments we knew were one time, right? So we kind of structured those investments to be catalytic projects that could be sort of sustained over time by fusing investments that way. That being said, this is a question that pertains not only to D-Case, but every single city department. Um, see Commissioner Brown nodding his head. Um, and so I think, you know, thankfully, you know, we did have a lot of conversations with the budget office, and we understood that um, these were pilot 
projects that we were working on. And I think that the fact that we have a much more stable kind of fiscal house uh, within city government means that we can really evaluate, right, these ARP programs and then seek to figure out how to um, continue to fund those programs that were funded by ARP but were, you know, complete, very successful. Like, for example, I'm super interested as a planner, right, and um, continuing to see that we invest in sort of creative place type projects. Uh, so that's something that I think we're going to need to continue as well as sort of, uh, again, the additional investments in arts education. Lane Alexander, am I saying that name right? Where are you? Hi, Lane. Lane is from the Human Rhythm Project. Oh! <laughs> So, in case you all missed, do you all miss the Ireland program that we had? Yeah, you did, because you would have said, yeah, um, you're like amazing, and your team is amazing. And I was downstairs with you. performing at Millennium Park this summer. Go. Go. You have to go see them. He was downstairs, and literally, you know, I got the, there's a song that was by, I don't know, was your feet, my feet keep dancing, dancing. He literally could not stop dancing. It was so cool. So now that I know who you are, I just did a little name association there. Um, are there any indicators that Mayor Johnson's administration will be able and interested in sustaining the current level of support? I think, I think that's yes. Um, I was really super pleased to see that, you know, our, uh, Mayor-elect Johnson developed an arts plan, and there was a lot and that arts plan that um, aligns with, you know, work that DCASE has done, work that DCASE, you know, has planned on doing. So there seems to be a lot of support for arts and culture there, and I anticipate that, um, you know, we will certainly maintain levels of funding and, God willing, increase levels of funding for the arts, too. Uh, Andrea Rogers from the Shed Aquarium. Where are you? She's here saying you guys, I'm telling you, you cannot see up here. Really, you can't. Um, Andrea's from the Shed Aquarium. This is an interesting question. How can museums play more of a leading or participating role alongside theaters, dance, art, etc., as perhaps a non-obvious cultural arts contributor? How can museums play more? Um, that's. I mean, that's an interesting question. I think the fact that you are even asking that question is maybe like the first step. It's like that sort of invitation for partnership. Uh, yeah. I, I consider you, I consider, you know, museums of, of your type also part of the kind of cultural infrastructure here in Chicago for sure. Um, but I think in terms of, you know, thinking about that kind of, you know, cross-pollination of, you know, how we might, uh, introduce, right, you know, dance or performance or music, right, into the Shed Aquarium <laughs> uh, could be really cool, and I'm sure there are lots of, like, cultural partners. Uh, I'm looking at Dave McDermott over there and Lisa D from Hubbard Street Dance. You know, like, there are people that are, uh, you know, really interested in, I think, in seeing those sorts of mashups. So I think, you know, just being open and, and, and seeing what happens could be really, really magic. just see the fish. What is going on? <laughs> we were over here swimming and minding our own business and now you got all this, what? Um, so 
DKs is such an integral part of Chicago, and I don't know if everyone actually appreciates that. Everyone knows it, right? Um, so it's so important, and um, that being the case. Oh. oh, I put my stuff over it. Oh, I was getting ready to say, I have a little rhythm here, and I didn't know. So I don't know if you know, because this is your first time speaking, yeah. that you get a year's membership. Oh, thank you. And we do hope that you use it. Please come again. We will always have a seat for you. I was just teasing Commissioner Chris Brown. I was saying he is definitely using his. <laughs> he does not miss. And I love it. I love it because some people don't use theirs. So um, I think that we could certainly hear more. And we'll maybe, you know, twist the, do some, 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 some twists and changes here to talk more about what's going on from a cultural perspective. Because is there any better time to enjoy the arts in Chicago? And the answer is no, right? Thank you, WBC, because no one else said no. <laughs> I think... It's a year-round industry. <laughs> right, so she said, what she said is, it's a year-round industry. Wow, that could be a tagline. You guys should take that. Um, it is Friday, and I am not trying to hold you past your time. Commissioner, we thank, thank you, you, and you will be here again, we yeah, hope. Um, everyone, enjoy your weekend. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers in the house, and um, just have a great weekend. <laughs>